We're starting this podcast. I drove nine hours today across the Great Plains from Kansas City, a town called Spring Hill, Kansas, to Denver, Colorado, where I reside. We are doing the podcast, which means it's time for Verbal Tap. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Rafa Sparza, the show that proves fighting is way easier from outside I-70. Raf, I have to ask you this. <laughs> there are a number of religious billboards that adorn I-70, specifically in the areas where not so many people live. Uh, several of them are suggestive about what you should do with your family planning, but the ones I enjoy <laughs> specifically are right next to the porn stops also that are pretty prevalent Uh-oh. on I-70. Yeah, yeah, right next to the Lion's Den, which has a lovely selection. Bought a vibrator there in college. Say it loud and proud. There's a there is a uh, billboard that said "God is watching you." Mm-hmm. So, my question to you: If you could lay out a billboard, which most people choose to make a religious statement on, and you were advocating okay. jujitsu, what would yeah. you do? What would you choose? What would you put on a billboard? Uh, train or die. Which do you choose? Oh, train uh, or die is good, especially if you put like train or die three sixteen, like something mm-hmm. ambiguous. <laughs> yeah. You can even mean it wrestling wise. Oh, absolutely. But, there's there's the Stone Cold Steve Austin version of it, um, but I think that if you really get to the deeper sort of elements of it, when people are like train or die, well, I don't want to die, so I guess I, I should train. But train what? And then I, I underneath, like, what you're doing. like a jiu-jitsu place. Also, I Kev, like I really appreciate the fact that they are putting these near all of the porn hubs, if you would. 100%. Because there's no better way of like really trying to make somebody there. And and what was the quote that they had on there again? Just could you repeat what the sign said? God is watching you right across. My the- response is prove it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's number one. Uh, God also, let's just say this, if if God is really concerned, I think he's more concerned about you driving and not looking at billboards. So (laughs) focusing on the road, just saying (laughs) that's not a commandment, Raph. I'm just going to tell you if I remember anything from Sunday school, but I have a pitch for you (laughs) that I think is going to appease both the religious people and get people to try here it is i thought it's important to remember i had a lot of hours to scrutinize what i would do the billboard would say choose bjj not bjs (laughs) it's perfect it's really the perfect crime so okay let's break down your quote you want to train bjj yeah. Right. AKA Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Okay, but not BJ's. Well, that was an innuendo for like blowjobs. Yeah, no, I got that part. I just wanted to make sure that's what you're saying there. Because you started this conversation off by saying you bought a dildo. So when we talk about the Kevin is gay Venn diagram. Uh, that was years ago. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> just want to make sure. You you see what maybe other listeners who are coming into this out of context may hear. Um, I just want to make sure you're repeating these things. Because much like uh, Tobias from the show Arrested Development, sometimes I don't think you hear what you're saying. Maybe you need a recorder. But I, I've done my job. 
I have repeated what you have said, and I have also played the game. So, Kev, how long were you thinking about this on this nine-hour drive? I I don't have an exact time frame for you because time becomes pretty relative. Uh, over under an hour, give or take. Okay. It was with me for for at least a cool hour. That's Probably good. That's four good. over the course of the weekend. If I had to ballpark okay. it, it's not too bad. So you were driving there before? <laughs> no, it was it was definitely over <laughs> around four, around three. I have an important question to ask because I do wonder this on long trips, especially for people who do train. How much is jujitsu in your head when you're training and you have nothing else going on? A good amount. Like I'll often think about uh, fight scenarios and just drilling in my head. I Mm. do actually do that. Try to have a mental exercise. I've read a little book called The Black Belt Blueprint by (laughs) Nick Gregg or something. It gets yeah. hard to say before hearts just pop out of my mouth. It's actually not that hard to say. <laughs> so don't do that. I you know I hate when you do that. I just it no, can't sound exactly have, like him. We've talked to him. It can't it can't be too similar. You know it creeps no, me out. It's the thing is when you talk like Nick Gregory You owe me that yoga code, <laughs> Nick. I was prepared to do yoga with you, man. I just, uh, it's very difficult to really find what really works for people. You may have seen a photo of me and Kit Dale, and we looked like we were on the cover of Face Off, the movie. Yeah. Which Kit loved, and he loved, so. Transparent uh, edition. Shout out to those guys. If you guys want to go check out their DVD, it's called Beyond Technique 2. We hope it uh, it looks great. So, Excited to watch it. Excited to look at it. Uh, Kev, I do have big news for you. Yeah, so I'm prepared UFC, for big news. The UFC on Christmas. This is apparently a present set forth by Dana White, a Christmas Eve present to all. They normally have a 30-day embargo on not showing a pay-per-view on basic television, right? Yeah. Uncle Dana, because he was feeling so generous, gave it away for free on their Fox affiliates. Would you like to know how many people tuned in to watch it on Christmas Eve? This is amazing to me. And you briefly scared me when you told me pre-show. I was like, did I miss an event? How? God, I missed so much football. Was there a UFC over the weekend? Uh, What were the stats? It drew 4.7 million viewers. Damn. Would you like some perspective for that? That seems like a lot. It is a lot, especially for the UFC or mixed martial arts in general. So let's give some perspective on this one. It crushed It's a Wonderful Life. Oh. That is a Christmas (laughs) tradition. It destroyed it. It drew a 1.6 in the 18 to 49 demographic, the most lucrative of all the demographics you can have. Then... Not just that. It outdrew everything on the networks, which is huge for Christmas Eve. But then it also... It's an okay out- ratings night life. It's going to be tough to sell next year. Well, like, I love the, like, the article from Variety I was reading was really funny. It goes, it outdrew It's a Wonderful Life. But then it was trying to have like an uplifting moment for It's a Wonderful Life too. That's like, but it also received an uptick from last year for 20%. <laughs> 
Yay, that's good. <laughs> and then it like the next sentence was, but the bagging rights really went to the UFC and their Fox coverage, which is a great win for mixed martial arts, by the way. Yeah. But here is the that most explains important why ESPN has someone with a New Hampshire coat covering their the sidelines. No, stop, it, stop it. Stop it. Sorry. Kevin's been on this off air for this entire time. And I just I will get there when job. we get there. Thanks, ESPN. But, Thanks for covering it. Nice job. Kev, here's the most important thing you have to understand about this. It has outdrawn every other UFC on Fox event. Damn. Since very first one. Remember with Kane versus Dos Santos? Remember that fight? That was the first one they had with their UFC on Fox deal. That drew over 5 million viewers. I think it might have been in the high fives, maybe almost 6 million. But to think that this programming that has already happened, the fights have already happened within the past month, which is, again, breaking the embargo, but Dana White feels very generous, and it had Conor McGregor, and more importantly... It was a huge event. So, like, when you think of all these things and you really get down to the nitty gritty on all of it. I'm sorry. It wasn't even uh, McGregor. It was uh, the one that was 206. When you get to all of that and you really, really break down those numbers, it means that recycled UFC beat television on a night. So that means that if they did that replay every once in a while, they could get huge numbers and it beat all of their original content except for their premiere on the UFC on Fox, which is insane. So my mind is blown. That's an insanely great number for the UFC. They have to be proud of themselves to know that like, hey, fuck the rest of you guys. We did pretty good just by playing uh, fights that you already knew. And somebody had posed it. They said that people were probably making money off of their family and friends at Christmas being like, you want to bet on these fights? And they're like, yeah. So, yeah, that was the scenario they, they set forth. So I thought that was information for you guys to know. Um, there is one other thing that I think we're, we're going to get to over under Kevin with a terrible dumpster fire of a guest, but Kev, <laughs> you yeah. alluded to this, and I just need you to explain it, and then we're going to move on. Don't. What was the reference that you made about the ESPN reporter? Uh, he's It's the fight's in Vegas. Uh, mm. Is he cold? I don't understand what the temperature is. Why does it look like he's covering the primaries in New Hampshire? Just because he had a giant jacket. jacket on, right? He had a giant fucking jacket on with a fur line hooding in Las Vegas. Where are we here? <laughs> Alright. Well, I'm glad that you were able to do it. Kevin spent at least 10 minutes. Why? I just, I don't know, Kevin. This is on I par have... with when Rogan was like, I don't know why these these promos are featuring Ronda Rousey and not the champions. Like, sure. You don't know why? <laughs> This is are your you version. An idiot? How fucking <laughs> stupid are you that you don't understand that maybe the most famous fighter of all time mm-hmm. arguably is f- coming back from a sizable defeat and little movie break to fight again and she was unstoppable. What do you mean you don't understand like you mean the fact ESPN, that she was in a movie that made a billion dollars and that ESPN, all the rest of the fighters have been in like ones that have made 20 bucks combined? Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. ESPN doesn't break coverage for just anybody. 
They break it for superstars. And you know who they break it for? Ronda Rousey. Oh, you know well, she numbers? won't talk to them. So there is that. <laughs> that is, that's a fair point. But who gives a shit? She's doing great anyway. <laughs> People are like showing yeah. shots of her running in the hills. They're like, there you go. And I'm like, that's all I need. Wow, you did it. I didn't even need yeah, much. Yeah, I've got breaking news right now. This is important. And I, I want to let you go on your Ronda tangent for a little while. But, guys, if you're listening to this, you may be listening in the future, and it may not be important to you. But I want you to know it's the end of the year. And AJ Agazarm put up a status update that says, need ideas for New Year's Eve, leading towards L.A., but open to other options. So, guys, you still have time to suggest places for AJ to go. I have an option, and I'll say it right here to you guys. New Year's Eve with Holic. I'm just saying, don't close your mind to it. Think <laughs> about it. Could be great. Anyway, sorry. I wanted to tell you guys the breaking news. I like that. Let's go uh, do some over-under. Absolutely. With a dumpster fire over here. Kev, it's the end of the year. Yeah. Now, 2016, we all know, was a dumpster fire of a year, right? Just lit on fire. Yeah, brutal. I still haven't recovered from Prince, and, you know. Who can? Who can? You know, so we figured with the dumpster fire end of the year kind of a thing, we figured, listen, there's a lot of shit that's being talked on both sides, I guess you could say. Okay. But we decided in the interest of fairness, because this man who we're bringing on, he hosts another podcast. I I won't say its name right now because it doesn't deserve to be uttered. But this guy, he hosts a different podcast and he put out a truce between us when we had a mutual friend in the name of Eric Medina who was competing. And he's like, hey, we won't talk shit about you guys. And we hope that you do the same because we're all here for Eric. And I was like, fine, we'll accept your truce. Then this man also got his black belt. Oh, yeah. Damn it. I know. You try to hate someone with the proper gusto required for a feud. And then they go and do something like that. Well, they get their black belt, and I'm like, listen, there's a lot of shit you can talk about, and there are a lot of other days in this dumpster fire of a year. But who better to close out this dumpster fire of a year than the person who got a dumpster fire black belt? He hosts a dumpster fire podcast. It just seems appropriate that we would bring him on. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring on a person who we have not enjoyed, but he we have a truce. I'll say that, and that's the, as much as I can say. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome new black belt and... A person we know, not our friend, from a rival podcast that we won't name, Tim Freeman. Hey, what's up, fellas? How are you doing? Good. Tim, I have to ask right off the bat, because people seem to really, well, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I meet people who are like, yo, those inside BJJ guys are fucking awful. So, Mm. I'm just saying that that is what they tell me. Okay. And I'm sure that you get the same on your side. I, I, I get, um, you know, I get both. I get people that really love inside BJJ, you know, and then I get people that really hate inside BJJ. But the thing I, most people that really hate inside BJJ, you know, when I, when I get to know them, Mm -hmm. you know, they're people that I don't really want listening to my podcast anyway. You know what I mean? So it's not that big of a deal. That's fair. So 
let's let's review for the people who are wondering why this is happening. You know, we we hear a lot of shit talking in the world, and you know, like you said, you wanted to put a truce. We put a truce for your black belt. We were exchanging notes. We said maybe it was getting a little bit too far. So we said we'll bring you on to our show and we'll go from there. We didn't say anything else. We just said that was the condition, right? Yes. Listen, um, whenever you do something successful in life, like post the, the number one jujitsu podcast inside BJJ, whenever you do anything like that, you're always going to have to rub shoulders with people that, you know, you may not agree with, you may not get along with, um, you know, they might not be on the same level as you in terms of, you know, the way you think, the way you carry yourself, the way you handle your business. Sure. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't help them or that you should ignore them. Sometimes you have to work with them, you know. And so I wanted to come on today, you know, not, you know, I don't, you know, not so much to come on and say, hey, we're all friends. But at the same time, you know, this is a cordial um, business thing. I get what you guys are doing and it's valuable for you guys to, to have me on in that sense. And I'm more than willing to come on. You know Tim, what I mean? I, 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 I want to double belt. check your figure here real right. quick and congratulations on your black belt. That's a real thing. And I would never mock that. I would ask though, uh, you said it was the most listened to podcast in what year was that? Uh, was that back in Number 2013 one. when you guys were, um, relevant? Like, I'm not really sure because, uh, I just noticed like there's a downward trajectory. Like there's these things called ratings and viewership and numbers. Like I follow them religiously, so like no big deal. But like, like if you an were the athlete best of, declines like, in age. Absolutely. You just get aged you out. Know, you know standard, what I mean? Standard standard business. Yeah, no, I, I understand. I, I do understand what you're saying. Um, but listen, when you're talking podcasts, these aren't things that, you know, have you know, quote unquote rankings that are exactly clear. Nobody knows exactly how that works. And really when you're ranking podcasts, you have to think about pound for pound. You know what I mean? So inside mm -hmm. BJJ, it, it really is. It's the number one pound for pound best podcast out there, uh, especially for jujitsu combat stuff. There's a few other good combat guys out there to talk a little, they know a little bit. They've been guys like Frank Mary's been in a few fights. He knows a little bit about it, but most of it, you know, it's, it's not that good. It's just a bunch of guys rehashing stuff. And so, yeah, our figures show that we're, we're up there, you know, and I can't share with you where I get these. Figures of course, I would never ask you but, to share you know, figures right. because I mean, obviously you're right. doing math with Matt and <laughs> those figures, the yikes math with that Neanderthal, which by, by the way, brings up a very good point. And Kevin and I were talking about this, but you were telling us off there that Matt's gone a little bit too far in this feud. Agree or disagree? Well, first off, you know, as you know, as a professional courtesy, things that you say off air generally don't get brought up on air. But mm -hmm. since you did that, I will. I mean, you, you said it. Bit. I just wanted to put it to air. That's it. That's really that simple. I, I, I understand. Well, it's just this Matt. Look, Matt is really good at what he does. Uh, big MF. Sucking. He, he's, uh, he, he's, he's, you know, he knows a lot of stuff and he's doing a great job, but I will say this, you know, he got a little bit of a taste of the fame, you know, and the social media fame, Boy, and a few I. people recognize him here and there. Yeah. yeah, well, Kevin knows how it is. Um, well, I'm yeah. just pretty, and, uh, so I've always sort of yeah. had that problem. But that's what, that's what Ross says. Yes, that's true. Um, but, you know, so yet, 
Matt has a little bit, a few little things here and there, kind of goes to his head. He Hollywoods out a little <laughs> bit. He's probably, honestly, not even going to be happy that I'm on the show, to be 100% honest with you. He's probably going to be a little bit irritated. But, you know, I'll deal with him when that comes around. But, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he he's out there and he's making moves and he's making things happen. But at the same time, you can kind of see when people's personalities get impacted by it. And you can see that that's, that's happened to them a little bit. It's happened to you guys a little bit. It's happened to a lot of people a little bit. It's mm. hard to stay grounded, you know. It's, it's really hard, hard to stay grounded. I'm sure you as a black belt, you just, oh, man, so modest, so everything. Well, yeah, I mean, this brings up a good black- point, though. Well, go on. Finish your statement. I was just going to say black belt podcasters like myself, Joe Rogan, Eddie Bravo, that caliber, those, you know, guys that have a black belt, you know, on the mats, they don't just don't talk about it, but they have it. And then they have black belt podcasts. You know, it's hard. It is hard to stay grounded. You have a lot of people coming up for you. They want tips. They want advice. They want to know about, you know, what kind of recording equipment they should buy, uh, what kind of words they should use. Then they also want to know, like, you know, how often should they drill what kind of techniques they should be looking to do. It's a lot of work. And yeah, it can get to your head if you're not grounded. But, you know, I don't have that trouble. Eddie doesn't have that problem. And I know Joe doesn't have that problem. So it's tough for guys like Matt, but he's going to get there. You guys are going to get there. You know, Jiu-Jitsu Podcast, Joey, those guys are going to get there. Paul is never going to get there. But, you know, the rest of them, you know, yeah. So I appreciate you trying to throw yourself into the same conversation with uh, Eddie Bravo and Joe Rogan. Uh, that's a, well, I've been on know, Eddie's podcast. I've been, I've been on Eddie's podcast though, Rob. Like I've been there. You yeah, know what dude, I mean? So that's okay. beautiful. I love that you've been on Eddie's radio broadcast, which was it that again? When, when, when did that happen? I'm so sorry. I just wanted to follow the trajectory of when you guys were popular because it dropped off. You haven't been on it since. And that was like years ago, but that was anyway, Kev, this is the time when I'd like to go ahead and introduce you to the person who's referred to you as a cocksucker no less than 12 times on his own show he gets me it's 2016 i don't know if that's a compliment or an insult but i know this i can't believe you accepted terms to come face me in over under ufc 207 i'm surprised that you think the audacity of a black belt immediately makes you qualified to talk ufc fights that you don't know much about with someone that doesn't know anything about anything I always bring that to the table. That doesn't surprise me. That's where I live. It's going to be a smack well, talking Kevin, in uh, up me or up yours, BJJ. I forget. I just I think know. it's penetrated. Is it penetrated, BJJ? It's negative six and a half inches if we're talking about Matt. <laughs> it's seven with everybody else. BJJ.com. Listen, I'm used to dealing with children. All right, so you're you're not going to be anything for me, Kevin. It's, you're going to be a piece of cake. When you say children, you, do you mean you, Matt and like the way that you have to bring him down I don't like and the use like where you said children. Yeah, and like less no. than three syllable words for Matt because we know. I mean, the reading now and that, the comprehension. Now listen, yeah, you know I like to poke fun at Matt from time mm-hmm. to time, but that's big M- That's big MF you're talking about. So when is you, it big when enough I, because I refer to him, he got a giant F. Is he or is he not an excellent reader? Is the question. <laughs> Did you order the code blue? That's all I'm asking. <laughs> you listen to you guys. He's big MF and you're little MFers. To me, he's Matt. Mm. 
It, I'm sorry. Are, you're oh, so that's like his title. You want us to call him the Big MF? Or you call him Big MF? Got it. Yeah, that's not happening. But I do respect that he's it's adorable. That you I don't try call to any that. man big, yeah, not no to shit. his face or behind his back. I've had that rule since uh, well, 2002. Well, I'll tell you what, Kevin. When I'm done kicking your ass on this UFC over under little game, you're gonna call me Big Papa. That's fair. Uh, we've got an early bet in the, in the, in the wigs wrap. You have well, let's do this. Tim, we had said, as part of the agreement, we said that we would talk a little bit about your black belt experience, and we want to ask you about your academy. We have oh, an embargo. About that, actually. We have an embargo say. where we will not be talking shit about one another for exactly okay. six minutes and 30 seconds. So I have built that in. I have a stopwatch here. That is how nice we need to be pleasant to one another before we play the game. So why don't you tell okay, us a little I'm bit sorry. about what it was. It's, it's fine. It's fine. You I don't, don't talk shit on other academies I know. as a general rule. Because there's a solid chance I'm not in shape that month. You know what Fair. I mean? So let's go ahead and start with this. You just received your black belt. How was that? Tell us everything. Time starts. Well, I mean, you know, honest on, uh, you know, g- getting back to a, a you know, a, a real, uh, I'll lay the truth down, lay my animosity aside. It, it was a great moment. It was a great day. I've been working hard. You know, I started just in 2005. I put a lot of time into it. And, you know, I'm going to be 40 years old pretty soon, not too far out. So I'm kind of getting up into that age range where the body's not holding up as well as it used to, especially with the, the hard training. And it's like, if it doesn't happen, you know, soon, it's probably not ever going to happen. But, you know, it took about 12 years to get, but it felt really great. And uh, obviously it was, um, you know, kind of an overwhelming experience. You don't expect it to happen when it happens, but, you know, you know you're close when you're sitting at Brown Belt for a few years. You know that, you know, you're pretty close. So um, in that sense, it was a great um, a great sense of reward for me because, honestly, when I started jujitsu, you know, there it wasn't about podcasting. It wasn't about any of that. It was just about getting on the mat and training and, you know, trying to be a better person um, in that sense of the word. Not that jiu-jitsu makes you a better person, because obviously it doesn't. Um, but uh, uh, it was pretty rewarding in that sense. Just to be recognized by my peers is, what? hey, we'll put this on here. You put your time in. So, And it is an amazing journey. What gets you there in 2005? That's a time before it's what it is now. That's early. Yeah. Yeah, I... um. So my cousin, uh, Matt, big MF, he, he dabbled, <laughs> he dabbled in the grappling thing for a lot, a lot of years back, uh, way, way back into like, um, you know, when the lion's den was just like, you know, a few miles away from us in Stockton, he was going up there training with, uh, you know, Frank Shamrock and Jerry Bolander and Pete Williams and Vernon White and all these guys from the old school. And he kind of exposed me to jujitsu through that. Like he, we lived together and he'd beat my ass. He would just, he would wait for me to get up in the morning and he'd shoot a double leg down the hallway and throw me on my head and like key lock me. And I didn't know what the fuck was going on. So I kind of got exposed to jujitsu that way. And then I, you know, eventually I just got to a point where like, I want to train and, uh, you know, Matt's like, Hey, Nick Diaz has a school in Stockton. Go down there and tell him Matt sent you, which I did. 
And Nick was like, who's Matt? Which was really uncomfortable because, you know, I didn't know any of these dudes. And Nick was a younger dude then. He wasn't quite as famous as he is now. But I said, hey, Matt sent me down here to train. And, you know, he's like, who the fuck is he? But anyway, um, I just got started, dude. I don't know. I liked the ass kicking. I liked getting my ass kicked. And uh, I got really good at getting my ass kicked. And so I guess, I guess it, you, uh, you get good at it after a while. So, um, yeah, but I was just compelled to do it. And, and I loved it. I loved the grind. And the one thing that I really do like about jiu-jitsu, unlike podcasting, is, um, you know, the mats don't lie. Either you could do it or you can't. And you could talk a bunch of shit. But when you get on the mat, if you can't do it, everybody knows. And there's no faking your way through jiu-jitsu. People fake their way through everything else in life. But can't really fake your way through jujitsu. So I really like that about it. It's an honest thing in that sense, right? When you take away all the drama and all the bullshit and all the politics and all the peripheral stuff around it, jujitsu is a pretty awesome thing in that it, it, it always tells the truth in that sense. So that's kind of what, what caught me. And that's kind of what hooked me and kept me coming back. So. Well, you also said something just as we were talking off air, you said that you've never been the best guy in the gym. You just kept grinding it out. <laughs> What's yeah, your, I mean, dude. what's your grinding it out pace? Give us some specifics, because there are always days, especially yeah. when you hit those creaky days, when it's like, ugh, what's going on with my left leg? How do you overcome that? Well, Keep grinding through. Give us your uh, your advice. Well, I'll tell you this. So, look, this is what I mean. Not the best guy in the room. I didn't get a submission on anyone for like two years in the jujitsu really like it just wasn't happening. I just wasn't able to do it. And guys would come and whoop my ass. They'd disappear for six months or a year. They would come back. And, and I had been training consistently, you know, three, four, five times a week, whatever I could, they would come in and I would think, all right, I've been on it for the whole year and they've been out doing whatever the hell they're doing. I don't know what they're doing, you know, and they would come in and still beat me. And I'm like, fuck, I suck. Like, I really don't get it. Like I'm, I suck at this, but I just kept training and that happened multiple times, like somewhere around purple belt, like right before the purple belt, things started like really clicking and, and that started to change. But, um, grinding it out is just, you know, showing up even when I didn't want to show up, I have family, kids got, you know, a wife injuries, all that. I just keep showing up and, and doing what I can, whether it's teaching or drilling. If I'm too hurt to train, I drill. And if I, I can't drill, then I'll watch shit and just try to stay engaged. So, that's all I, that's, that's all you can do. You know, a lot of people work and they have a real life and they're not, um, uh, able to live the competitor jujitsu athlete lifestyle. Um, you know, they live a more reality based lifestyle and that means you do what you can when you can. And it might take you 15 years. It might take you 20 years. Who knows? It might never happen, but you got to stay on it. That's, that's what I mean by grinding it out. <laughs> I'm curious about this because you've made it into a family affair. So uh, your wife trains and occasionally uh, hosts her own podcast. Uh, was it? Uh, is it Girls on girls Grappling? On Gra- Much better yeah, podcast. But I'm, I'm not. I'm not downplaying you guys good. as per the right. agreement. I'm just letting you know better yeah. factually than you guys. Um, so if that is the case, you know it, it's a family affair. Plus, you now have your own gym. How does that all like work for you? Because is this now what you do like for a living? No, no. I mean, so the gym I, I own with a partner, you know, and we kind of co-manage that and run it. Um, and, and my wife and his wife are involved. They have pieces of it that they're responsible for. 
So it, it's not, you know, what I do in my real life. It's what I do in my, you know, nighttime life and weekend life. Um, but, you know, I, I realized real early on, <clears throat> like, hey, my first instructor, name was Eric Shingu. He told me, look, dude, if you want to train jujitsu for a long time, then when you come in and train and you go home, you can't lay on the couch and complain about how tired you are from training and how you're all beat up and you can't go anywhere for the rest of the day and you can't help bring groceries in or you can't fucking vacuum the living room anymore. Cause now your wife hates jujitsu, you know? So I always made a real point of like trying to not be that way. And then at the same time, trying to, once the, my kids were really young at first and before five years old, like I know there's jujitsu programs, they have three year olds and four year olds, but it's really hard to teach kids that are that little. They're just, it's mainly them just kind of fucking around for 40 minutes, you know? Um, but when my oldest son was five, I started running a kid's program with just him and his best friend. And it was like, I just wanted to spend time with my kids and also be on the mats and kind of pull them into it. And that worked really well. It worked well for both my kids. And then eventually my wife wanted to start training and, you know, she got involved in that. And that's good, except, man, like the worst injury my wife has ever had came at my hands in jujitsu. Uh, I blew her ACL out a few Wait, years ago. Yeah. Wow. Uh -oh. We always so talk about how story. amazing it would be to train with your loved ones and your family members. We often don't hear the <laughs> dangers of it. Dude, I am the guy that like was drilling these judo Osotogari takedowns, which is relatively safe, you know, and fucking zigged when I should have zagged and <laughs> and uh her knee uh yeah, blew out pretty bad. I set her back for about a year and so that was that was pretty rough. And and I felt like shit. And, you know, the guys I trained with were like, Ah, you blew your wife's knee up, ah ha ha like you're such an asshole, you know but obviously, you know, it wasn't on purpose, but that, that was tricky. But yeah, my wife is pretty engaged in it and the family's, you know, pretty much engaged in it. I try not to push it too much though. Honestly, if the kids don't want to do it, I tell them stay home. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Cause I, I want them to really love jujitsu. I don't want them to hate it. And I don't want them to be like, dad was such an asshole about jujitsu. If we didn't train, he was a jerk about it. I just don't want to be that. You know what I mean? I don't want to be that guy, dude. Like, okay. So uh, I, listen, I you, I you like reached the end of uh, the ability for us to be nice to you. Oh, damn okay, it. Because that was a really... In the hold on. I know. It was really point, nice. And we're getting hard sweet. We didn't even really talk about your academy because you said that you co-own it. But it's yeah. taking everything in yeah. me not to do all these jokes because you just keep leaving like these dangling modifiers that have no merit or basis to them. But again, you have come on our show. I will extend the good faith for this conversation about your academy, then mm -hmm. true. So, okay. Mm -hmm. So tell me about your academy. You said that you just like, I saw that you guys were doing this and it's confusing. Cause I was like, why are you starting your own academy? Because I understand it for so many other people, but for you, I was like, well, why is like, is it Stockton in that much of a need that they need another jujitsu program? So I started wondering it, but I, I legitimately want to know. So I'll, I'll put back more time, but go on. Why, why did you get the need to want to start to build your own academy? Well, I mean, look, so I've always thought it would be a really cool thing to um, run an academy, 
and teach jujitsu and um, not so much make that your living. Like that's the way you eat, but keep it as your passion, run it as a business, do the best that you can. Hey, if it does great, great. If it doesn't, whatever. Um, and I've been teaching kids. I've been running a kid's program for the last eight years or so. And, uh, I really cut my teeth on that, uh, and learned how to teach, learn how to work with people, learn how to structure a curriculum, learn how to manage a class. There's a lot of things like being good at jujitsu is one thing. And honestly, a lot of the guys that are really good at jujitsu, they're not very good at like teaching or running businesses. They're just not that great at it. Um, and so I have a business degree from college and I figured why not put this to use at a good friend who uh, started his own school about a year ago. Uh, and I had another friend who kind of ran like a CrossFit like gym and, um, our buddy that was going to sell his CrossFit gym, we went in to get, I went in together with my jujitsu friend that had his school. We bought the CrossFit gym and we combined the jujitsu and the CrossFit into one location. And we started from scratch as 50, 50 partners and just went forward. It was a good opportunity. The timing was right. Something that I was interested in doing. And so we pulled the trigger on it and, and we did it. Um, Stockton has a deep need for jujitsu. Stockton is a violent, terrible town with a lot of criminals in it. And uh, I think everybody who lives in Stockton should train jujitsu, at least to learn how to defend themselves, or at least to look like they're not a punk, you know, like, so. Can I ask a real question here? Because I legitimately wonder about this. You know, when they always tell people, they're like, all right, jujitsu for defense. And I'm always like, that sounds like a great idea. But then I start to wonder in the back of my mind, like, what if the criminals are training jiu-jitsu too? Like, what yeah, if they're a pretty good it, brown well, belt? So are well, you helping or hurting the <laughs> cause? Because what if you're, like, telling some of these criminals, like, yo, here's a great knee bar from here. And they're just, like, looking at you like, thanks. And then they go out, they rob somebody, like, ah, here's a knee bar. <laughs> Jim taught this one. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe, right? So let's say you have. Uh, you know, a guy in your gym who's going out robbing people, how would you know? You wouldn't know, right? Mm. How would you know? Like, obviously, if you knew, you wouldn't be teaching them, but you might <laughs> not know. Stop you stop at the beginning of class. They're just like, hey, robbers, no. you, like, raise your hands real quick. Yeah. What's the best way to hold a knife to someone's throat, you know, <laughs> while you also humor them? Like, I, I don't know, you know. I, I think that, look, look realistically, I think the self-defense stuff in jujitsu works, but I also think that it's not trained enough. Even the schools that go, we do self-defense. It's just like fucking competitive jujitsu. You got to be on that day and night to get good at it. And you got to be on self-defense stuff day and night to get good at it. And if you're not, you're almost believing in a false thing. You know, you think you're good at self-defense, but you're not really just because you've trained a few bear hug escapes and some headlock escapes. The best part of it is it'll teach you things like, hey, stay on top, dummy. You know, here's how you, here's how you maintain base. Here's how you get out of a bad spot. Here's how you disengage. Those things are going to be more valuable than, oh, I learned some awesome, you know, knife, knife slash defense or something like that. That's insanity, right? I know there's a bunch of techniques out there, and yeah, people can learn them, but you, you're going to fucking defend a knife or a gun. You better be 100% confident in your ability to do it. You better be putting in thousands of reps on that otherwise you're really taking a stupid chance right but in the sense of like just kind of having some situational awareness some some combat awareness if someone puts their hands on you you don't melt like a puddle you know you know what to do you have some base you can grip fight those kinds of things can save your life so anyway oh good i'm glad i can say what i want now okay go ahead let's go 
Let's go. I just I was just curious because when you were talking about being delusional and how you'd never really know it, I was just like, what a great metaphor for you and your podcast. But I'm there. We're good. I think it's a good time <laughs> to go ahead and transition over to the game. Kev, are you ready to take on Tim's UFC 207 picks? Kev, I'm not going to lie. It's really hard to like maintain a not shit talking sort of thing. Like it, it, it really, it takes a lot out of me. Let's end that now. Uh, yeah. Cause I'm going to yeah. bury, uh, this upside me penetrated guy in the thing, <laughs> especially <laughs> as someone that drills a lot of knife attacks. I'm prepared <laughs> bitches. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's the case. All right, guys, if you're just joining us, this is the way the game is played. Each competitor has 15 seconds. We go down the entire UFC 207 card out of order, and they have 15 seconds to say who they think is going to win. If I so deem it, they will have 15 seconds for rebuttal time. It is the best out of however many fights, which on this one is 10 fights, wins the entire game. Uh, Gentlemen, do you both understand the rules? Uh, You know, I found out. I think so. I'm ready. I found out I thought my ACTs were a ridiculous exercise. It didn't really mean anything from my mother this weekend. I forgot I took that stance. So, yeah, sure. I get the rules. Let's do this. Excellent. Couldn't agree we more. Whatever. Uh, before we go ahead and start, uh, Tim, do you have anything that you want to say to Kev before we go ahead and get into the game? Um, no, I'm going to save my trash talking for the game. Mm, you just came in with just mm. enough trash talk, Kev. Doesn't have enough to start an open bid with. Uh, I'll allow Kevin to say whatever he wants. Kevin. Well, as uh, previously mentioned in life, the black belt only covers two inches of your ass. Or in my case, Uh roughly one-fourth of my penis. So I feel supremely confident in the victory that's going to happen tonight, Raph. I I actually think you made a mistake here. I thought you were going to try and challenge me at the holidays. I appreciate the eggnog-like gesture. Dumpster fire guest for a dumpster fire year. All right, let's get straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I got you. Uh, let's go straight to the game. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start off with Kev on this one. It is a bantamweight fight between TJ Dillashaw and John Lineker. You've got 15 seconds on the clock. Go. Uh, this is easy. TJ Dillashaw is my neighbor. I'm from Kansas. That's where I spent the holidays. Drove nine hours today. Uh, you got to be a good neighbor. TJ Dillashaw, easy, plus great abs. Okay, the abs criteria has already started. Tim, what do you have for us, 15? Uh, you know, I hate to agree with Kevin, but damn, I got to go with Dillashaw. He uh, is under the insanity of Dwayne Bang Ludwig, and there's no way you go against that guy. Plus, uh, Lineker has that weird-looking um, Bert and Ernie here, dude, so can't go <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> hey, I like this. This is the rare Sesame Street invoked haircut rule. I'm keeping it. That stays, Raph. That one stays for a few That's fine. Uh, Kev, do you notice, though, something here? He's picking somebody who left Northern California and went to Denver. Yeah. Is that kind of blasphemous for him? Well, especially since he's talking to someone that was born in Northern California and now mm-hmm. left for Denver. Because uh, you were smart. Uh, exactly. Um, yeah. It's an elevated 
could be ACT score. I just think right. it's personal, and he's trying to lash out, but I get it. Uh, sure. Uh, do you have any resentment there, Tim? Is that something that you're holding on? Like, you want to go with TJ and, like, oh, man, I'm really mad that he's somewhere else, but he's still Northern Cal to me. No, TJ, look, TJ's up there training. His roots are way back here in California. Way back He's, there. he's not, grew up not, <laughs> hey, listen, man, he grew up not far from Stockton, Calaveras mm-hmm. County type boy. He's not a Colorado boy. You know it and I know it, Kevin. So don't try to be cool by association. He might be your neighbor, but he mm-hmm. still thinks you're a dork. I just want to make sure, is this still, are we talking about that gone era when, he was living over there when you guys were popular. Like, I'm, I'm just trying to follow the timeline that you're setting forth because you like live a lot in the past. So I'm just, yeah, I'd I like mean, to know that. It, it would, it'd be the same. It's the same era that your podcast is still in, which is obscurity. So yeah, it's the same time frame. I mean, I know you don't think that we're big, but we are big, a lot bigger, you so know I what do. I mean? Than what, I think that's what, what you tell the wife table, as well. So, so it, it's sounding very similar here, Tim. I just love the hey, fact. It's big. It's big. Okay? <laughs> it's bigger than you think. Mm-hmm. I'd scr- I'm I not going to tell-, tell you the measurement metric sure. I'm using or the method, but it's big. Right. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I just I enjoy the fact that you, you use all these metrics that we can't know, even though some of us have worked in the industry and we know how to find out those things. It's you know what? Secrets the are great industry. for you guys. I'm yeah, just saying yeah. I've worked in research departments that can find out those things. It's sort of like how NBC knows exactly how many viewers go to watch on Netflix. So it's not a secret to me. I know exactly what your guys's numbers are, but I think it's adorable. Right that you guys want to keep right, them right, in. Right. Anyway, let's go to our next fight. Our next fight on this one, Tim, you're going to go and lead us off. It's a welterweight fight between Alex Oliveira and Tim Means. You've got 15 seconds on the clock. Go. Uh, you know what? I can't go against a guy whose name is Tim Means. Alex Oliveira's okay. Tim's got a way better name. There's no um, I in team, but there's an I in Tim, so I'm going with Tim Means. Interesting. Kev, I'm going to put 15 on the clock for you. I don't disagree with anything he just said, including the fact that it's an awesome name. But the Dirty Bird fucked me last time. He fucked me hard oh. when I chose oh. him. He, I chose him, and he got KO'd. I'm not pleased with, I think we're on the other side of the Dirty Bird. I'm going with Oliveira, the cowboy. Okay. Uh, have you gotten fucked by the Dirty Bird before, Tim? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, I haven't been fucked by anybody. It's fine. So, I, I'd hmm. give it a solid seven. Yeah. He's tender. It's a, hey, Raph, it's, a, it's a Colorado thing. It's a Colorado. Oh, okay. It's unexpected. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, uh, right. Kev, Kev, how much did you not expect it? Well, if the, if the <laughs> sex was a seven, it was like a four, I would say on the unexpected <laughs> level, but. Yeah, again, no as lie. a pretty person, I always walk around between a four and seven. No so, lie. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll put a truce on this one for just a second. But, uh, Tim, how hard is it? Because, t- you know, Means has been on our show before, and we love him. But I was definitely watching a fight with him with a whole bunch of my buddies. I'm like, yeah, he's come on the show. He's really nice. Oh, and he's out. Mm. Mm. Tough one to watch. Uh, oh, yeah. How hard you- is it for you? Oh, when can you I interrupt, Raph? Go I, for it, Kevin. I was just going to say, I was like, how do you get all personally invested in the people you've interviewed? Sometimes. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes, especially like Mickey Gall. Um, 
I'm, I'm a big Mickey Gall fan. I pull for him. And it kind of sucks to see those guys lose. But, hey, sometimes you get people on the show that you're glad they lost. You know what I mean? <laughs> Raph yeah. and I were talking about that. He was here in Denver, and we were screaming at one of our friends who was fighting. It was fun. But. You guys have had a lot of, um, like, King of the Cage fighters and stuff, stuff like that, right? No, no, we've had UFC fighters pretty easy to book. I mean, you guys don't have them anymore. I was talking about Albert Morales specifically is who we were losing our mind. Well, especially that was a tough uh, – I was impressed by his gumption. I mean, it was just weird, Kev, because when we were rooting for Let's him, then with, we went to go train with other UFC fighters at the muscle farm. I mean, it's just – I am saying I don't think they would know what that's like because <laughs> you're just the guy who sits in the back who's never been good at jiu-jitsu. I understand, Tim. I know, I know. Him. You know, he gets it. Right. <laughs> right. right. That's right. fine, dude. I was going to say, it's like when you're watching your grappling friends, too, you're like, oh, no. Ah, ah. <laughs> ah, move. That's, that's tricky, too, man. You, well, I mean, you guys know that firsthand with your love affair with Gordon Ryan and Gary Conan and, and um, <laughs> Eddie Cummings, right? I mean, you guys must be on fucking Suicide Watch. <laughs> you know what's <laughs> funny is doing interviews <laughs> yes, with um, Gary's it's in great danger. because. He's, Here's the reason yeah. why I love doing interviews with Gary and Gord. I give them shit to their face. However, when you have interviews with Holick, and you've had multiple, you just basically ask, how much shaft are you putting in my mouth, and how do I cup the balls? Because you just, you know. Which is impolite to listen, ask during a fellatio. Like, listen. I think you should get those notes down before, like often. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do appreciate that. L- listen, everybody acts like, they're indignant at Halle Gracie. Oh, sure. But, sure. No, no. Hey, hey, we're no, all no, his no, best no. friends. No, I totally say, know how listen, it goes. I, listen, nobody else could get Halle Gracie but me. Nobody so everyone else. Hallick. Hallick's the only one who oh, called you, you because he, I would no, I was not even interested. The thing is, right. I've told him this, and we right. have talked. <laughs> Hold on. It's true. Right. Because... He, is, he has messaged us. I'm just saying this. He's messaged us, and he was thanking us for some nice press. This is all true. Right. And we had put an, up a nice thing when everybody was not being nice. And when he did that, I was like, listen, dude, when you're ready to make a serious change to what it is you're doing, and you're serious about making reforms, you can get in contact with us. We'd be happy to. But until then, hmm. He hasn't really seemed to make any adjustments since then, so I'm just saying other podcasts like yours took him and then basically said, like, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. No, I totally understand what it's like, Holic. so just saying. I will say I listened. I'll just say, hey, hey, let's let the listeners decide. Go check out Holic Grayson on Inside BJJ. He's never been on Verbal Tap. Go on Inside BJJ. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Were you talking about the fact that he interviewed with us before he interviewed with you guys? Contrary. Bro. Uh, we hey, do recommend people go listen to the Inside BJJ interview. Listen, I do. I interviewed the the Bert and Ernie haircut version of Hallett Gracie. Holy Anyone shit. interviewed Hallett Gracie while I had that haircut? Right Thank before Tonin? Thank you. Uh, Thank you. It is wow. important to know wow, that the really Jiu-Jitsu important. Expo in 2013, mm-hmm. we did talk to him where we asked him exclusively mm-hmm. about G and Gee too. Yep. So. Yeah. Yep. Well, everybody I mean, asked tough yeah. questions. <laughs> Some of us. So I was surprised Kevin, by how Kevin, tall he was. Kevin comes with a real. Kevin comes with a real intellectual question. Yeah, I was actually surprised too. All those Gracie dudes are pretty tall. They want to ask. He's like, like six six. <laughs> He's Wait, huge. All these guys that 
they, the same thing with Helio. They're like, oh, he was so small and frail. It's like every picture I see of him, he looks like in That's shape as trend. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Except for when he's hella old, you know, but everything, every time else, he looks pretty solid. Anyway, well, that was all worthless <laughs> just to remind us that you're terrible at interviewing, but we'll go back to the game and we'll go ahead and go to our next fight. Kev, you're leading us off on this one. Yeah. It's a fight between Johnny Hendricks and Neil Magny. 15 on the clock. Go in the spirit of being neighborly and being pretty frightened. <laughs> Johnny Hendricks is done. I'm going with Neil Magny. I like him on this. He's looked sharp. He's looked athletic. Uh, if Johnny Hendricks, I saw him taking questions on Facebook, and I badly wanted to tune in just in time to be like, are you going to make weight? That's my number one through seven question. I'm going with Neil <laughs> Magny. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tim, what do you got for us? 15. Oh, man. I hate the fact that, uh, that I'm agreeing with Kevin, but I really think Neil Magny's going to win this fight. I think Hendricks um, probably – doesn't know if he wants to be a fighter anymore. Right. And Magny's got a cool look, kind of got like a Mr. Potato Head look going on, so I'm going with Magny. <laughs> Interesting. Kev, are you worried that, that Tim is agreeing a little bit too much with you? Uh, only because of my fierce track record of not selecting fights very well. Yeah, a touch base. But, you know, sometimes I'm on. I've gone on streaks in the last few months that have been hot. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah. There's been some hot takes. Okay. You had a good run on Tinder a couple months ago. He's <laughs> not wrong. 17 to 48. Well, it was actually like six. I guess the next ago, logical but... <laughs> question on that one is, <laughs> Tim, why would you know that? So did you think that joke all the way through? We're Tinder Mo brothers. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll go to our next fight just to save face here. Next fight is a middleweight fight. Tim, you're going to lead us off on this one. It's Antonio Carlos Cunha versus Marvin Vittori. Go. I'm going with Antonio Carlos Jr. because it sounds like maybe the Hispanic version of Carl's Jr. could be a good like knockoff restaurant, so I'm going oh, with that. Carl's Cunha. only. <laughs> Carlos Cunha. I actually like this as a taco restaurant. Uh, that's a place I'm eating. Uh, Kev, what do you got for us? Better abs. Marvin Vittori plus Marvin Vittori sounds like a name of someone that should be a, an F1 racer taking mm. 11 and two from Italy. That's my man. Why? Okay. Hey, Whoa. look, Marvin, Marvin, mm-hmm. Marvin, Marvin sounds like someone that would be your best friend. Uh, Marvin. That's a lame name, dude. Are you kidding me? Marvin, Marvin riddle me this, Tim, which one of them has the tribal tattoo? Marvin, yeah, probably a, you probably goes along with your no fear tattoo. I'm in, saying in your, uh, <laughs> my no fear, along with my big dog tattoo and other nineties no rants. Fear. I have a whole leg you know full of them with Fila <laughs> and yep. one. Yep, Kevin. If we've established no anything, it's that Tim still lives in 2009. I so miss, like no references are brand, bad right. I'm not making that up you entirely. When I get done, <laughs> he's going to have a no fear tramp stamp when I'm done with him. <laughs> that oh, would wow. be the best. That would be a fantastic <laughs> year, I'm sure. That or the big dog logo. Oh, man. Yeah. When I get done Thanks, with him. Thanks, Great Plains yeah. Mall. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, Antonio Carlos Jr. looks like a soap opera star. He's going to get his face punched in. Enjoy Uh-oh. your choice. 
telenovelas. All right, let's go to our next one. It is, I'm going to put 25 seconds on the clock for this one. It's a Bantamweight championship fight between Dominic Cruz and Cody Gambrandt. Let's go to this. Kev, you're going to start us off on this one. I got nervous the moment they were like, Cody, uh, what's your prediction? He's like, I'm going to knock him out in the first or second round. I never like when someone adds a caveat. <laughs> I, I, I don't like the range. It's a five-round fight, Cody. You chose one-third of it. I'm going to go with Dominic Cruz for that simple moment, and I watched them talk shit against each other. It's not going great for Cardi Garbrandt because he just doesn't look like he believes it. Mm. All right, Tim. First or yeah. second round. You <laughs> heard some trouble, buddy. Yeah. I'm, I'm going with uh, Dominic Cruz or Cody Garbrandt to win this fight. Um, I'm just going to give a range prediction. It's got to be Cruz, man. There's no way Cody's ready for it. I don't, I don't think he's ready for a fight like this. I don't think he's ever fought anyone that, that caliber of Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz is fucking rad. The only loss he has is a Uriah Faber, and I don't see Cody beating him right now. And plus, Cody's got like the, the kind of like Conor McGregor tattoo starter kit going on. You know what I mean? And I don't know. Yeah, guys, eh, I'm pulling for uh, Dominic. You don't like all the neck tattoo? Not the neck tattoo thing is like, it's a little bit played out. You know, it's like for guys who can't grow beards, they like tap their neck up, I guess, or something. <laughs> I don't know. He's just fucking painful. Every time I look at it, I just think Does I have to adjust painful. the color on either my television or on my <laughs> cell phone. So. Yeah, yeah, it does usually pop with color, which is weird. That is a choice. Interesting. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think that someday Cody is going to be a, probably the champion of that division. I just don't know if it's right now. I mean, Uriah Faber was telling me he is the next truth, so... It's kind of hard to say yeah. because he says that he he is the thing. Like they're banking their money on him. He's definitely the face of Alpha Male right now. You know, now that Faber's stepping down and, and Ooh, wait, 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 he's, the, he's the face of Alpha. You're not your buddy Mitchell. David Mitchell's not the face of Alpha Male. I think we both know that. Oh, oh my god! But he's he a fantastic. Face of Alpha. He's a fantastic fighter. I just thought you guys enjoyed <laughs> him because he was your show pony. I didn't know you were going to turn on him like that. That's so weird. That, Dave, we're that, so hey, sorry. Look, He's going to be pissed David off Mitch- if he said that. You know that. David, look. I talked to Dave for two David minutes. Knows, Dave knows you guys are pretenders. He's not He's not going to fall for oh. your bullshit. Me and oh, Dave, really? we're real tight. We're good friends. Mm-hmm. I had yeah, him go so, on your show. So, yeah. He asked me ahead of time, do you think this is a good idea? And I said, yeah, these guys are struggling. They're never in the what's hot list. I never see him ranked on iTunes. Supposedly, you know, the bearded guy has access to all these secret metrics because he, you know, worked as an intern for like an assistant to somebody we on both the late night show. Not even on anymore. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he has access to like, some microfish or some bullshit like that. Don't He's make it. Leno data. is the <laughs> name you're talking about, by the way, just for everybody. Leno. It's like, you're, you're like, yeah, he doesn't like, have a show like, anymore. Hey, it's like, hey, well, he I had a few years. I didn't want to embarrass him. <laughs> I didn't Working I mean? on the Tonight Show, yeah. the most prestigious franchise of all of television. The Jeleno? Yeah. Dare you you yeah, should meet with, that man. He's with, charming. Sorry, you. Did he give you a, a matching denim shirt? Actually, he did. Uh, as they're going away, gift he gave us. <laughs> I was like, jacket. weird, weird question. Yes. Yeah. Did he really? 
Oh, yeah, 100%. As the show was ending, uh, we all got, like, a denim jacket in our office. And I looked down, and I was like, I don't know when I'm going to wear that. So, thanks. You should wear it. You should wear it to the next EBI, dude. Fucking do it, man. Throw a goddamn pair and do it. Wear that shit, man. Come on. jacket. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Uh, I just love the fact that you're telling me all of these things from a guy who doesn't understand any kind of metrics. Again, dude, the metrics. I just love when you guys do this. My favorite thing that you do is, oh, who knows verbal tap? When you'll say that on like our Instagram. And I'm like, yo, you don't even have a fraction of our followers. And you're trying to tell people, like, who are we? Like, that doesn't yeah. work that way. You know that, right? We don't. Because we have a strict policy against buying f- followers and like you know setting up fake bullshit. We don't do anything like that. It's just real. We're from Stockton. It's two oh nine. We're real. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh yeah. So you don't feel no followers. That's the weird part. Can I, just uh, say that that's I guess a pretty the pretty effective part invocation of the two oh nine though. And we don't it, do. It's we like don't do that. He's trying to like if he could do, do the voice cap. He would, but he can't. So like. You know what I'm saying? It's just What's a little the different. Oh, like Diaz. Yeah, he's just doing Diaz, but it's just different. It's fine. He don't understand. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's go to our next fight. It's a flyweight fight between Louis Smokla and Ray Borg. 15 for Tim. Go. Uh, I don't know anything about these guys, but I'm going with Ray Borg. He's got an interesting name, and his nickname is the Taz Mexican Devil. So I'm going to go with him. And he's got some cooler tattoos. And he appears to have, you know, a good body. He looks good. He looks good. I think Kevin would like. I think Kevin would like. Going board. <laughs> really digging deep on that one. Uh, he looks like he's drinking he's a lot of milk. Body. That's uh, great. Uh, the body he is great. Good. He looks okay. healthy. I don't yeah. see any indication of hepatitis or anything like that on him. So, yeah. Important. Uh, I'm going with, I'm going with, board. with everything. I agree with you all that. He says now, Kev, what do you got for us? Well, can I just say if you're stoned and you look at this curse side, it looks like Smoka versus Bong. <laughs> and it's definitely oh. not that. I'm going to choose. The Last Samurai, Luis Smolka, in the interest of making it um, two nice-looking bodies against each other, I'll take the Smolka versus the uh, Ray Bong. You think Smolka has a nice body? Uh, You know, you're you're looking at the UFC.com site. They... They're hit or miss oh, with the you photography. Have private, you, you have some private research that Rock turned you on to? No, I'm NBC's 100%. Got a special photo database <laughs> nobody has access to. All the fighters knew. <laughs> would you like access, Kevin? Uh, what He knows I would, first of all. That would be what I did for the next <laughs> seven days. Let me, let me ask you this real quick. Do you know what the number one show on television is right now? Just guessing. I'm, I'm asking you. I, I, Tim, you're so good I, at metrics. The Affair? You know oh, why? Television is dead. TV's dead. I don't have time to watch TV. That's so strange. Uh, rating show that at I'm least... I'm a black belt. I'm How black strange belt. is it, Raph? Is it a stranger thing? No, it's not a stranger thing, though that does rate well, because I would know that because Symphony has a way... You know, I don't want to get too much this into it. This is us? You know what? Industry, stranger, what's that? Hey, stranger Things isn't a television show. It's on Netflix. Yes, uh, but it's also television on, content. Expect, <laughs> okay. That was an insider awesome... That 
an inside TV guy like you, Raph, to have the have your fucking apples and oranges sorted out. That's you know what I mean? The word inside, like, but the difference is, do you know what it gets nominated for? It gets nominated for an Emmy, which acknowledges television. So, again, content. Just saying. Figure out your ratings words before wise. you say them, Tim. And they usually sound a little bit smarter. I also, I work in mm-hmm. nerd television. I work on, like, the engineering side. They do count them the same. Still TV. Yeah. Anyway, that would be 25 million people at least tune in for entertainment purposes of the biggest shows. Live plus seven. Uh, live if plus you say three. it's the Big Bang Theory, I quit, by the way. Not nah, used business. to be, though. I quit. Was, oh, thank God. That was a while back. But guess what? Good news, guys. It alternates between sports and The Walking Dead. Well, so just so you guys know that. But anyway, you would know that if you looked at the metrics and you were like kind of smart at those things. Anyway, long story short, let's go to our next fight. Uh, it is a welterweight fight between Brandon Thatch and Nico Price. Kev, what do you got for us? Uh, this is easy. Whenever I'm faced with a fight that I don't care about and it's Brandon Thatch versus Nico Price, I choose Brandon Thatch in hopes that for some reason Bruce Buffer will say his name wrong. Of course. Yep. So close on that one. Uh, Tim, what do you got for us? Uh, I'm going to go with Nico Price, just in interest of not picking the same people that Kevin picks every single time. Uh, Nico's, that's kind of a cool name, right? Nico, it's a little is, bit cool. It it's is. Thatch. And these are kids, Thatch. Thatch is like, that feels like a boring English game that they play. Would you like to play some Thatch? Or some, like, is that Thatch like, uh, English euphemism for snatch or something? I don't know, man. But, Thatch uh, is, I like Nico Price. Thatch is also a drug you're definitely not doing. If they're like, hey, you've Thatch. got speed, coke, blow, Thatch. Kev, I've got a really like, important oh, question for you. Not I've got that last seconds one. on the clock for it. Um, but the important question I have for you, Kev, is this. Tim's now complaining that you guys are picking too similarly. However, he tends to pick after you picked the same person. Just saying. No, we're alternating picks, so how, how could that be? Yeah, genius, I know. Kevin <laughs> first, and you've tended to pick after him and pick the same person. Well, he chose Nico it's Price. Kevin's done the same thing. Yeah. Hey, rocket scientist, Kevin's done the same thing. How many times has he the done same, it? Same how shit. Times has done I don't know. You tell me. Hey, you're the stats expert. You tell me. <laughs> I can you tell you exactly. <laughs> it's, he's done it. You're the stats expert. Special NBC computer, Raph. Your special NBC. Call Jay (laughs) Leno and ask him what the numbers are. Go ahead and show here, uh, just to make sure you understand how this works. Because I know for simple minds, they need it broken down. We've got to get a T-shirt that says "You're the stats guy." Now, here's the thing. Kevin starts with T.J. Dillashaw. Tim follows. Excuse me, I'll handle this. I work for NBC. Welterweight Johnny Hendricks versus Neil Magny. Kevin picks Neil Magny. Tim picks Neil Magny. Then we have bantamweight fight between Dominic Cruz and Cody Garbrandt. Kevin picks Cruz. Tim picks Cruz. So again, would you like to come again with some facts? Uh, okay, then let's flip it around. What has Kevin followed me with his picks? What are they? He followed you once, and that was on... Oh, wait, he hasn't. Ha, fool. Anyway, I'm glad that you came to play. We're going to go to our next pick because you have nothing to prove. I let's like go his to spirit, the... though. I like how feisty I he love is. It. He's indignant. You know, we... he's... Last time we had someone that had done research. Fuck mm-hmm. that. And I say it again, Soto. I still mean it. <laughs> I just enjoy the fact that, uh, you know, Tim is of that mold of like feelings or facts now. 
And it's just, it's not the way it works. But all right, Kev, uh, Tim's going to lead this one off because maybe there's a chance you'll pick the same person. He's hoping. Uh-oh. But uh, it's a welterweight fight between Dung Young Kim Uh-oh. and Teradek <laughs> Safadin. <laughs> Listen, anytime you have a fighter who has the name Dong in Damn his it. Name, and his name is the Sun Gun, you pick him. I'm going with Dong Hyung Kim. It should be Dong Hung Kim. There's no way the sponge beats him. It's got to be the Sun Gun. All right, Kev, what do you got for us? Uh, I'm struggling here, Raph, because he has yeah. he's using bulletproof logic. Okay. That is one hundred percent true. You want Dong Hyun okay. Kim all the Thank time you. to get announced over the loudspeaker. Here's the problem. I mm. I've made that mistake before. Mm-hmm. I was all you might say I was all about You're the all Dong. About- <laughs> and he busted me up before. And? So I'm going to have to go with Mr. It sounds like an allergy, but Tariq Safadine from Belgium. I'm making a okay. tough choice here. Mm, tech, yeah. My, I mean, heart's, my heart's with the dong. Isn't it always? But my Tim's brain, so close yeah. on that one. You almost had Kevin follow suit on that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, he can't now because you kind of bitched and moaned, made a deal out of it. So he feels like he can't follow me. He's going to have to do his own thing. He doesn't have Plus to. I, mean, I just, I just put facts there. And you know, if he had picked the same pick, it would have been the first time you would have been right retroactively. Well, Retroactive. I, right. I'm getting ahead of myself. Retroactively, as a word I should go right. with my instincts and reverse them. Yeah, you think so, Kev? You want to do that? No, I was just saying that's what I try and apply to your uh, situation. Uh, I throw call. it in there as a curveball. Like, let's wow, use James Coe's advice. <laughs> Kev, we're going to have you go next. It is a welterweight fight between Mike Pyle. Oh, you know what? Before we go, it's important to note this. Uh, Tim, we usually have a little bit of a wager that we do on these things. Now, we're not talking monetary uh-huh. because we know you guys don't make any money. So it's important that we come up with things. Because that- we don't make money. And we know jujitsu. Jiu-Jitsu period doesn't make money, so let's just be real clear on this one. It's a conglomerate, media-wise. We're talking about the top few podcasts, and we, uh, I mean, everybody's got plenty to go around. It's uh, hard to count the dollars, but otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. Right, right, right. right. Hard to count are What are some examples of bets that you've won? Okay, well, I actually just finished an essay on Tom Brady about two minutes before the pod. I actually had to go pick up my girlfriend from the airport. Prior to that, I was writing an essay on Tom Brady that I owe John Thomas inexplicably about why he's the best court. Uh, it hurts. I'm like 600 words in. Anyway, I've had to do uh, a push-up exercise that nearly rendered me in the hospital, um, a burpees exercise, as well as just basic social media pranks in general, like change your Twitter handle to this person's name or release a video explaining why they're superior to you in other ways well why don't why well you don't, don't have to say what it is now stuff. here's the here's the thing tim okay not there okay. yet but you can start to think about it. we've got two i have more an idea to go through i have a big okay. idea. i have and, a i have an idea too okay but i think okay. i don't know if ross is willing to willing to back it up that's okay we'll get there we'll see we'll go to our next fight it's a welterweight fight between mike Pyle and alex garcia kevin you're first on this one go I do have to go first. 
between yeah. the quicksand and the Dominican nightmare? Well, I'm going to choose the abs, and it hurts Mike Pyle because I like your jawline, but I'm going with the Dominican nightmare in the hopes he's feeling feisty. Interesting. Tim, what do you got for us? Uh, I'm going to go with Mike Pyle, Raph. I'm not going to pick the same fighter uh, because I think Alex Alex Garcia looks like he's like a cousin of Husamir Pajares and yeah. Probably not. Uh, They're yeah, related. Maybe from the same class. I'm going with uh, Mike Pyle. Quicksand, a pretty tough fucking fighter. He's hard to beat. And he's got kind of a cool name, Mike Pyle. I like that. I'll go with it's that. It's so funny because I feel like we've said goodbye to Mike Pyle at least 30 times. At least four. On UFC programming. <laughs> yeah, he's he retired. Can't, though. Yeah, he's always coming back. He's like <laughs> 73 years old, right? His, <laughs> his nickname is Quicksand. I mean, it's going to be a slow He needs to get a neck tattoo. Oh, he needs a neck tattoo. Yeah, he could come back. Well, we're at the last fight, and I've gone ahead and I put thirty seconds on the clock. Tim, you've got thirty seconds to explain who you think is going to win and how you see it going down on the women's bantamweight championship fight between Amanda Nunez and Ronda Rousey. Thirty for you, sir. Amanda Nunez wins the fight. Rousey is addicted to this idea that she's an undefeated fighter and she's not, and she's never going to be that again. And she's never going to come to peace with it. I don't see her beating Nunez. I don't think the right Rousey is going to show up. So I'm going with Nunez. I like Nunez. I think she's a fucking badass. I think Rousey's a little bit of a brat. I don't know her personally. She comes off that way. She's a great fighter, but I don't think she's, I don't, I don't think she really wants to be a fighter anymore. So I'm going with All right, Kev. 30 seconds for you. I was prepared to acquiesce to what the media is feeding us like he Uh-oh. is. I was prepared. No, I was can't. prepared to say <laughs> Nunez is an exceptional fighter, and she is. She's unbelievable. She might be one of the best we've seen and is probably the best we've seen ever going in against Ronda. Then I saw a quotation from Ronda that said, I am focused on winning this fight. Focus, Ronda doesn't lose fights. <laughs> she doesn't. So She's okay. lost one goddamn fight in her life. I have got to choose her until she loses two fights. Okay. I All just right. have to. The quotation scared me. Yeah. She said, I'm winning this fight. I'm focused on winning this fight. That's it. Won't do any press. <laughs> and that's fine. Hey, look. ESPN, hold on. ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports, which pales <laughs> in comparison to UFC and anything anyone else has in terms of access, had no understanding of what's going on inside her camp. Dana White has no understanding. That terrifies me. I'm choosing Ronda Rose. Yeah. Uh, what terrifies me is if. Ed Edmund doesn't come up with a game plan for her to beat Nunez beyond clinch, throw, arm lock. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that the jig is up. I think people know what's going on. I think that Ronda's good. Obviously, she's great. She beat a lot of good fighters. She kind of set the bar. What Ronda did is she came and she said, this is how good you have to be to, woman, to be the women's champion. And now all the other women are like, oh, okay, we get it now. We can get there. And I I just I don't see her coming back being as dominant as she was. She's a head case. Um, 
she says she's going to win every fight, you know? And the fact that she doesn't want to talk to anybody, doesn't want to be rattled by anyone, she doesn't want to be asked any questions, no stare nose, no face-to-face shit, I think it's because she's fragile. I think she's emotionally fragile, and I think that Nunez is going to break her. She's going to yeah. break her the way that I'm going to break you, Kevin. Oh. And then you're going to end up with a no-fear tramp stamp. Oh, that's, that's the way it's going to be. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. Well, I guess that's a nice preview. But before we get to the actual bet suggestions, let's do this because uh, it is in, eh, it's entirely possible there could be a tie. Who knows? Strange things happen. You do so let's know. do this. Uh, let's go ahead and take down. Uh, we'll start with Kevin on this one. Kevin, uh, they normally have the two performances of the night and the fight of the night. Can you tell me who the recipients of the performance of the night and the fight of the night will be as our tiebreaker? Yes. Performance of the night one is going to go. Well, I'm going to start with uh, performances of the night. I'm going to go to fight of the night. Performance of the night one, Dominic Cruz. Okay. The night two, Neil Magny. Fight of the night, Nunez Rousey. Okay. What do you got for us, Tim? Uh, I'll go performance of the night one is going to go to – I'm going to go with uh, Nunez on one. And on number two, um, I'm going to go with Dillashaw, and I'm going to go fight of the night is Dillashaw Lanneker. Ooh, double downing on that. I do like that fight, by There's the way. no way – There's a lot of potential in that fight. win this over-under with Kevin. Right. <laughs> any other? I'm not doing any other interviews. I'm not talking any. after this shit happens, that's pretty good. I'm gonna fucking win. I All right. Couldn't agree more well. with that assessment. I I wish I had the opportunity to go dark more frequently, and I've liked I like the power grab. Look, can I ask that? Like, how do you two feel about this? Like the she won't. You're talk laying anyway. out so many e- easy jokes for me to jump on, but I'm not going to do it. But go ahead. That was, that was really I'm just I'm trying to imagine a world where they were like Kevin we want to interview you every 30 minutes like, great uh, come out <laughs> do the weights we're going to take your picture we're going to show your abs everybody's going to be like that guy <laughs> and me being like no I got no play. no more attention for me no more uh, that do would this. be impossible mm. alright Tim Let's hear your suggestion. Yes, what is your wager idea? Well, what I'd like to do is I would like to know if you would be willing to weave in your denim jacket um, somehow. And if I lose, you know, I would be willing to wear it in an EBI that I have to show up at and wear it. And if Kevin loses, I don't know what we're going to do with Kevin. I don't know how you're going to get the jacket to him. but um, Or maybe something more humiliating. I don't know. It's humiliating to wear a denim jacket, though, for sure, especially one that's owned by you. Interesting. Kev, what do you think? Uh, my suggestion was going to be I've never reviewed their podcast on iTunes. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> I, w- I was going to put a five-star review 
if, if he won and if I won, I was going to expect a five-star review and we would then obviously either read it on the podcast or ignore that it ever happened, pending which direction. Uh, hey, I, I like that. How about, I like that. How about if you win, uh, I will come back on the podcast and I will read you a letter of an apology and I'll, and I'll give you guys a glowing review. And if I win... You come on inside BJJ. We'll have to find a slot to fit you in because mm. you know. I know you guys like to use the term dumpster fire. Well, you know that's kind of what that would be to have Kevin on. But yeah, even three him minutes, in can, I'm used to it. Yeah, yeah we'll give you maybe two minutes. I'm Do a quick, <laughs> quick. That's fair. A glowing review and a, and an apology. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Sounds good. I deal. By the way, deal. Yeah. <laughs> two minutes is a funny and you're done <laughs> it's like oh okay well you know i get it i'll see you guys two minutes go kev it's all they could spare with all their dick sucking for holic you know i i was gonna say two minutes is like 25 seconds wow. longer than i normally go i'm prepared mm-hmm. i'm ready to roll interesting yeah That's uh, my record. it yeah I mean, I, I think everybody knows. I, I think if we put it out to the listeners, I think people know. They know what's up. You guys are going to get a huge boost just from me coming on your show. Mm, you know like, what I mean? Again, your traffic basically, doesn't tend to, to what? What are you going to do? Basically, listen. Basically, I'm Joe Rogan and you're Brendan Schaub right now. Oh, Jesus. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so I'm, I'm like, going to run away from you in a fight? Wait, that was a different. <laughs> I'm struggling. I'm to throwing you a bone. I'm giving you a rub by by coming on and being associated with you. And, you know, yeah, let's talk about all of your major social media following oh, that we are going to like tune in once they we see can't. a photo hey, on this. Raf, you like, be nice. He got a black belt. We're gonna we're rising above it. We're enjoying. Hey, so are you saying that show repellent is a, a phrase I can't use? Like audience repellent. You can in a few minutes. We should just right, we should enough. We'll go just and then we should do that. Yeah. Well, Tim, it's been something. Uh, we normally offer for people what to come back the following week. You know, so I suppose we can do and make an exception for you. Uh, if you would so be interested in finding out what happens, we'll all watch the fights and then we'll come back on next week's episode and we'll talk about it. I I would love to do that for you to help you guys out. For sure. I'm always willing to lend a hand like that. So. And I'm yeah, willing to take the mold again. It's the holidays, too. I, I just mm-hmm. keep saying. Tis the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. Uh, I, the embargo says yeah. at the very end I'm supposed to promote your stuff without any kind of uh, aggression. So I, I've gotten it out of my system. It, Tim, Raph, it was. Fact check on that. It's yes. inside BJJ.com, not negative six BJJ.com. I do apologize. I've been. It's inside BJJ.com. That's my right. Point. Yeah. How much further you guys got to yeah. get inside? That's all I got to ask. It says Easy. in the notes Crazy. caveat, not much further. Yep. <laughs> I, I might. That was on negative six BJJ.com. I, again, I can't speak for its taglines, but all right, Tim, plug your shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey guys, I know you're probably listeners. I'm speaking to the listeners right now. I know you've been dealing with subpar performances from Raph. He's not very well prepared. Um, and Kevin, you know, sounds like he has a, a bag of marbles in his mouth when he speaks. I don't know how you guys listen to these guys, 
do yourselves a favor. Check out Inside BJJ, InsideBJJ.com. We have an app on, on your favorite mobile store. Um, subscribe. Check it out. We have actually really good guests. We train. We know what we're talking about. We're not just kind of dicking around with a microphone, you know, like Kevin and Roth. They do okay. Like, you know, they're second tier, third tier training wheels. When you're ready to train training wheels off, come on over to Inside BJJ. There's plenty of room for you guys. Love to have you listeners. You're not even a first tier shit talker. A bag of marbles is going to be my tramp stamp, though. Called it. Mm -hmm. That's right. A bag of my, hey, I got all my shit talking from like a 1940s uh, book, you know, like insults and comebacks. You got a bag of marbles in your mouth. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got a bag of marbles in your mouth, Margaret. Wow. I don't I just love that you've kept the theme of me saying all your references are old, consistent all the way through. Well, listen. Tim Friedman from some other podcast. Thank you for coming on tonight. Uh, we look forward to talking the recap of the fights with you next week. You guys can catch him on, uh, you know, the internet. Most of you don't follow him. And why should Inside you? But you know what? BJJ.com. You can go find it there. Ladies and gentlemen, our thanks to Tim Freeman. Yeah. Hey, gentlemen, the pleasure was all yours. Mm-hmm. Old timey line as well. Wrath and all the commotion of hating on the guest, which, as you pointed out, a lot of reasons to do mm-hmm. so. Easy. Uh, it, sure, it's easy. The uh, just on a different level, you know, sort of still a still an early white belt in karate, in terms of shit talking, but getting there, elevating his game. He's trying. Who do you think's winning, Nunez or Rousey? Uh, you know, honestly, uh, I see in this realm, I kind of see it going Amanda Nunez's way. Um, that's not to say that I wish Ronda loses the fight because there are a lot of people who feel that way. They just don't like her. They think she's a bully. They think she's a bitch. All that sort of stuff uh, that happens with the territory. She's broken down boundaries. She doesn't need to come back, but she is. And I think that's pretty cool. Now, the question is... How is she going to be? And that's a big question mark. So um, I don't necessarily want to see her get the shit kicked out of her. I'd like to see her have a good fight, a return fight. But I just I don't know where she's at, man. I'm nervous about this, too, because we've uh, I've especially famously. I mean, if you just look. John Jones. Anderson Silva, we have a track record of losing our people, even wide men that take a little break. It, it's not a it's not a completely out of nowhere theory, which makes me nervous because ring rust is a real thing. And Amanda Nunez has been fighting and you and I, at least in this small world, have some insight. Go, don't train for two weeks and see what happens. Don't train for a year. See what happens. Don't train for, you know, and Ronda's been out of the fight game. She just has that. That makes me nervous. I agree. Yeah. Um, oh, no, don't mess with me. You know what? She said it. I'm in. I'll be tuning in. UFC okay. 207 Saturday. Okay. That's I, good. That's important, Kev. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm going to be. <laughs> 
Uh, well, no, I mean, it's happening Friday night, so. Hold on. Friday night, December yeah. 30th. I'll yes, be not the 31st. There Why we go. Why is it Friday? Because is on Friday Saturday. because of the holiday? Yeah, they're doing New Year's Eve on, on Saturday. Dude, that's the thing. <laughs> they're missing out. No, they're not, Kev. Rhonda, count it down. I'll punch her. Ten. Oh, when you know that's not the way it's going to go. You know that Dana White's going to want to get his Ryan Seacrest on, and he's going to be like, "You count with me, you fucking dummies!" All right, we're starting from twenty nine, twenty eight. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> hey, what the fuck's that? Is that fucking Mark Wahlberg? I fucking love you. A twenty two. Shit, this is hard. Fergie really has it hard, guys. All right, sixteen. Fuck you guys. I know it says nineteen on there, but I'm at twelve, eleven. 10. Wait, is this the 12 days of Christmas or the fucking end of the... I don't even fucking know. Anyway, fucking New Year. The, beeps. <laughs> it sets a record for beeps. It's just the last of each. It's all of that. They just keep beeping out the apps. It's yeah. like, wait, what was for I some dead strange reason, beep? they just uh, figured you... <laughs> that wouldn't work on New Year's Eve for some weird, strange reason. And I, I see what you're saying. A uh, long time ago, but crazy. Uh, my New just Year's crazy. fights. My recollection of New Year's always are connected with pride fights, which were always like December 30th anyway because of weird Japan time and all of that. So, like, no, this Still feels angry. right. But, um, yeah, it's just weird to have another uh, fight that's going on the week of uh, New Year's because they tried not doing those for a while. But then they were like, Rhonda, when the fuck are you coming back? God damn it. Fucking New Year's Eve. Fine. Fuck it. But not New Year's Eve. The day before New Year's Eve. So, there's that. Well, I like your rationale as much as uh, anyone else's. going to be a good fight. We're obviously both looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. This is a good card. Yeah. It is, even uh, without without the cane, obviously. Um, whatever happened to him. I hope it wasn't the holiday bug. It happens <laughs> to everyone at that gym. They all get the Thanksgivings. The, the cane bug. It's not even the Thanksgiving <laughs> You know that that's DC's excuse. They just can't spar with each other right. Yeah. Well, it's a dangerous mm. game, the old MMAzers. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight, though. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. time for some shout-outs. And I'll start. I was back home where the Phillips family hosted one hell of a Christmas. And several days of yoga and just chillaxing along with a nice new hot tub papa phillips merry christmas to the parents again they got themselves a gift got some good rehab in raf feeling ready feeling good to go hung out with my sister and her kids the kids didn't break me um we'll see they didn't break me physically but i've been told there was an ear infection discovery outbreak after i left the house so everyone cross your fingers can't wait to live picked up victoria tonight so the whole gang is back together uh really want to give a shout out as well to millhouse the tiny puppy for displaying some excellent jiu-jitsu skills against a much larger opponent raf my parents Mm. labrador brie 95 pounds mills 29 but using the concept and solid regarding skills that he obviously learned from when I was watching EBI, because I can't do that. Mm-mm. I just want to give him a little shout-out. I'm impressed by his candor. So it's nice to have the 
whole fam back post Thanksgiving and it uh, Christmas, and it was a fun holiday. I was back in the spirit. I told you after your shout out segment, I was back in, and I stand mm-hmm. by that. It was a lifesaver. So thanks to the podcast, I'm going to give it a five star review on iTunes. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah. Also happy to report a few steroid sh- shots later, feeling great shoulder wise. Back to training tomorrow. So I'm good. Uh, I'm feeling good. And real good on you. Not like just drilling, but I can I can roll. Good to go. Good on you, dude. That that's really good to hear because um I just I just got fat over the weekend. Oh, I wanna double down on that sentiment and also say despite still uh getting in some getting some drilling before I left, uh especially the few weeks leading into the, the shoulder soreness, but yeah, I wasn't doing a ton of training and I was doing a ton of beer training for mm. Kansas. Got ready, ate the shit out of some cake and pie and some pumpkin cheesecake. So uh, solid fatness. C- caught a cost. Bad holiday injury here, Raph. Yeah, I, I just don't feel you're like, I feel you want to be a fat kid, but you don't really get that card. Uh, I got it. Um, yeah. No. I ate two slices of vanilla cake. Oh my god! Started. Call the fucking reinforcements, yeah, was, everybody. I was like two before we get started. Please, I had listen. My family already knew. They didn't even ask me. They're just like you know. They had a pie and they had a cake, and uh, like my family just delivered them both to me. There was no option. There was no choice. It was just well, here you go, fatty. And I was like, thanks, everybody. Well. <laughs> Good to know. I cotton candy out of a tube. I don't even know where it came from. <laughs> I just stole some of my nephews. Was like, At one oh. point, they just poured sugar in my mouth, and they were just like, "Here, just <laughs> shut up." Mixing you lemonade. Fat son of they a were bitch. like, "Watch mm-hmm. this. This is awesome." Mm-hmm. Ref, we can even pour vodka. In. It's weird. He's good. He's so fat. Look at him. Anyway, um, yeah, that's cool. Well, good stuff on your end. Uh, got any others, Kev? No, that's going to do it for me, Raph. All right. Well, let's go ahead and start off by shouting the L.A. Jiu-Jitsu Club. L.A. Jiu-Jitsu. Great stuff that was going on over there. Um, those guys have holiday hours right now. So if you are a jiu-jitsu orphan, saw that. Uh, go ahead and stop by. They've got, I think it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Monday's already happened here. Um, but Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it's noon class. And then Monday through Thursday, they have 6 p.m. classes. They're filling in for the Jean-Jacques schedule. And then I don't know what they're doing over the weekend, but you can contact me. You know where to find me. I want to give a big shout out to our friend uh, Cody Lull, who had me on the Merc and the Rut podcast. And uh, he came out to train with us. And dude's really good, man. It was a really cool session because I had given him some footlock tips and he was giving me uh, some wrestling tips. So it was really cool to exchange information. And the guys loved him. So uh, I think it'll be really cool, hopefully, to see him in the future. I also want to send a big shout out to the folks over at the Valley Martial Arts Center. Feedback! Uh, got in some solid training uh, this early afternoon, trying to get in as much in as I can because see descriptive of fatness. So that's kind of uh, what's been going on on my end. And of course, I want to send a big shout out to my family. Uh, very, very fun times. Good seeing everybody. Um, Christmas, like, man, it just it felt like it just came and went so quickly. And uh, now we're at, let's get rid of this year. I'm, I'm done with 2016. 
So again, if you're listening to this in the future, uh, hopefully things have turned around. But 2016 sucked. And uh, yeah, and you know what? Uh, let's say a nice thing about Princess Leia because uh, Carrie Fisher's awesome. And she has a great wit. And I know a lot of you nerds love the Star Wars and they're very good. Uh, I went to go see one. It was very good. The star, the Rogue One thing, great. But uh, one of the nice things about being a writer is when you look at people like her and when they're super witty and super funny is uh, they bring nice attention to um, not just entertainment and movies, but that they also bring great attention to things that uh, people really do suffer from. And she was very honest about her struggles with depression and uh, the treatment and the symptoms that she had. So she wasn't just a princess on screen. She was one in real life. So I always feel like it's a really cool thing when you see somebody like her be so forthcoming with it and so honest so that people who have experienced that hopefully feel uh, that they are also encouraged to get through it and get better. So having said that, thank you very much, Princess Leia. And uh, I'm done with celebrities dying this year. So if this uh, year Four tries days. to give us one more, fuck that. Oh, no, shit. no, don't put that out there. No more. I've, I've literally, I've said we're done. Let's move to 2017 because the in memoriam segments couldn't get any longer this year. And I'm going to put out one last joke, which is this, Kev. You know how they created those things where every year or this year on Facebook, you could check in and say that you had survived something if there was like a major thing on Facebook, oh, yeah. like a, a shooting or something like that. I feel by the end of 2016, it's just going to be celebrities checking in and saying like, still alive, 2016 didn't get me. Set. <laughs> so there's that. And I also want to send a big shout out to our good friend Freddie, who, in the great Christmas spirit, gave myself and the guys from the LA Jiu Jitsu Club all gifts. And he didn't need to do that, but he's a wonderful human being. I hope he is listening to this. But he told me to tell you, Kevin, personally, which is uh, he listens to our show all the time and he just has a giant smile on his face. So uh, we hopefully make his days at work a little bit better. But uh, oh Freddie, you being a great quality human being, and a great training partner. Uh, we know that you make things even better. So shout out to you. And that will do it for me. Hey, that's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fucking new year. Nick Cage style. I like <laughs> Good fucking new year, everybody. 